0: Rashid Scarlett is the owner of Great Dwellings, a short term rental property management company that helps property owners maximize their short term Airbnb vacation rentals. Great Dwellings helps busy vacation rental owners through expert marketing, optimized pricing, guest screening, handling key drops, cleaning, guest transportation, maintenance, and more. Rashid is also the CEO of Net Aesthetics, a company that provides a broad, deep spectrum of technology services to help organizations translate their strategic business agendas into IT initiatives and solutions that measurably improve performance. In April 2020, Rashid featured his mission of building amazing solutions and experiences by joining the Forbes Business Council. Rashid learned a work ethic from watching his entrepreneurial spirited mother and used it as a means to escape hunger. After facing in certainty on where he fit in while attending Wheaton College, Rashid found his footing and scaled his professional career into something remarkable. Through his company's great dwellings and net aesthetics, Rashid is able to put food on the table for nearly 40 employees and their families. A family man at heart, Rashid's principles allow him to approach his personal and professional life with love at the center of everything he does. Rashid, welcome to the One Away Show. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me, sir. Uh, so audience, just so you guys know, I know Rashid doesn't want to brag here, but he he ordered equipment in D.C., had to go to <laughs> New York, buy the equipment again. Uh, and so he's he's so kind of him. He could have easily canceled. So Rashid, I'm
1: thrilled to have you here, man. Um, I'm glad to be here, man. I appreciate it. I, I, that's why I went out my way to make sure I didn't mess up your sound quality. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: well, great. Um,
0: so. We're gonna get into it, um, Rashid, yeah. What uh, what's the one away moment that you want to share with us today?
1: You know, I've been thinking about this, and um, I mean, you know, the titles of all your things are one away from different things, and I feel like my one away is 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 hospitality. But my moment was um, as a as a teen, my family and I were kind of down on our on our luck. We were walking through a child line just to get dinner, uh, literally amongst, you know, homeless people. We weren't exactly homeless, um, but walking through that child line was the only way we were going to eat zero food in the fridge. And, and I really remember that it was about ninth grade as being kind of a trigger moment for me to, um, uh, to excel. Um, and that was it.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, if you don't mind, we're going to peel, peel some layers here. Um, yeah. You know, you, you remember that as a trigger moment in ninth grade that you yeah. need to go out and excel. You're maybe at that age where you're like I have a future in front of me. Growing up, I mean, was it were you finding yourself in a very similar spot where there was maybe a constant struggle for food or there was a constant, you know, question of where am I gonna sleep tonight? Like what what was what was your experience um growing up? You know,
1: it wasn't a constant constant struggle for food per se. Uh, one thing I, I have to say is I'm super proud of my mom, though we were often on different government programs. You know, she really made an effort to get off before, um, you know, there's kind of a, you age off or you make too much and they, they kick you off. And she's like, look, we're getting off that program now, even though we don't qualify or we still qualify. So, you know, I was always proud of her. Like, you know what, that's where I saw the vision was in her the desire to hey yes this system exists but it's not a crutch i'm gonna lean on Hmm. um and and she was really entrepreneurial uh i mean a lot of her ventures never manifested but it was the seeing her begin them planted that seed in me that said you know what i can start that business you know she started a curtains business a bedding business a uh shorts (laughs) business because she was a seamstress and each time i was like this is gonna work mom this is gonna work but i i saw it in her and it was that drive honestly yeah. i feel like that's my one away seeing my mom's each idea um uh, you know they yes they never manifested but that that really was inspiring
0: right and it's like despite maybe the circumstance of how you grew up you saw mm-hmm. your mom really show hey anything is possible I and mean, yeah manifest into a huge business, but you saw that desire, that dream to create something of herself to create a better life for you guys.
1: I mean, we could barely afford fabric, but she was like, you know what, if we can get enough fabric together, we could make shorts, you know, and actually it was like a need. I literally couldn't afford the nice fancy shorts that other kids would have. So she'd go to the uh, fabric store, buy those shorts or buy the pattern, buy the material, make the shorts for me and say, you know what? that cost us four bucks. Maybe we can, uh, maybe we can make a hundred of them. Um, and so that's essentially what, uh, what happened. Awesome.
0: Rashida, I want, I want to tap in a little bit too. You said, yeah. uh, you know, that ninth grade was the trigger moment and you said, you know, I, I want to make a better life for myself and maybe sense this internal drive. I mean, maybe take me, uh, I mean, I vividly remember some things that happened in ninth grade and also remember yeah. that internal drive, uh, to propel me like what 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 did that feel like for you like what that how did you know that drive was there and once you felt that kind of what what next steps were did you take to maybe plot a better path forward in your
1: life well you know (laughs) the being hungry um moment I mean I remember it so so clearly um I opened the fridge and there literally was it was clean. I mean, it would look like someone literally cleaned it spick and span. But the only thing in there was the the bologna. Remember those circular like yeah. Oscar bologna things? One slice in there. And then I almost felt guilty, like, well, am I going to take the last morsel of food? Uh, and it was that, man, you know, I I can't blame anybody, but because my mom was trying hard. But, man, I can't have more moments like this right this is definitely pretty terrible just legit hungry um and so i i went to a, uh my mom worked hard to make sure i always went to a good school and i was in a private school that gave us a scholarship um you know we didn't pay a penny which was pretty awesome so i remember thinking i'm gonna make the most out of this like this uh, i saw families driving in nice cars and i i, I think we had like a 1970 something super long car because it got handed down to us and I just I, I won't say it was um greed but it was you know hey that's what I'm baselining as my normal you know in ninth grade you're just kind of figuring out your baselines and I was like you know what I, I just want to hit that normal and and that was really my goal it wasn't to be like a rapper <laughs> from MTV or anything like that, or even a basketball player, It was, if that's normal, I'd like to get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but then as a, I started to kind of see that hard work paid off, hard work became like my MO. Um, and then it became my, yeah, such my norm that things were paying off. And it was like, well, I can keep working hard. That I can do this. I know how. and And, and that's been kind of a, Unintended consequence of things have continued to do well, right? I mean, you you had a significant driver, yeah. right?
0: Right. That really said, I just don't want to have to maybe struggle as much and see. Right. And you know, the the blessing of having the scholarship to private schools, you saw the right. different life that was possible.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely a true blessing for sure. And you know, and the example of a hardworking mom that. Yeah, we struggled at times, but seeing, you know, what hard work looked like, right? Mm-hmm. I think that uh it, and and I think she was just had a couple unlucky bouts, right? You know, it wasn't that she wasn't a hard worker, but just they they didn't pan out into um, you know, keeping food on the table regularly for us. But it still I, I hats off to her regardless, you know?
0: Yeah. And, and, but again she she sounds like she created an environment with,
1: with zero limits she wasn't she would yeah. never put
0: a cap on your dreams. exactly you how high you could jump you know no yep. yep. you, you said that that those molding experiences ingrained the sense of hard work in you yeah uh, let's go a little deeper on that i mean what okay. where were you finding your pursuits being channeled and your work ethic being channeled you know
1: after that yeah, yeah.
0: great i mean you just so, like. Developed at a very young age.
1: I mean, ninth grade, I remember um, I was the AV guy. Uh, I don't know how old you are, but back in my day, TVs were huge and they were on a cart and you had to literally uh, roll the cart into the classroom. Um, and the teacher would kind of request, hey, I want I want a TV in my class tomorrow. Well, I had an after-school job to make a few bucks being the AV guy that would go set up the vcr and the tv in each classroom and and so i mean it was it just it, you know it didn't feel hard um it, it was it was like you know what this is a this is what i got to do to kind of generate a couple bucks um and then from there in college um i luckily i got a scholarship there as well and i i took a a, a second job there <laughs> you know yeah i got a scholarship but it, it just was like whoa i'm not i'm not gonna use my idle time so i, I worked uh we had a travel agency, and I was the, the guy that worked at the travel agency. In fact, I screwed up one person's trip. Huge. I, like, picked the, put the wrong weekend. And so he went to go to the airport, and it was literally the wrong dates. He came in so politely and said, hey, so, you know, um, I didn't get to go on my trip, but he was so nice about it. And I remember that being kind of a trigger mark of, you know, he could have went ballistic, and almost rightly so. I mean, I remember it so clearly that uh, it'll be a good person no matter what, right? No matter how someone literally messed up his chance to go home to see his family. Uh, me, I did, and he was such a nice guy. By it, so it 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 made um, yes, hard work was instilled, but almost like a sense of courtesy. That moment made me think, you know what? You can be nice no matter what, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, you can you can mess up or right, yeah, you know, and you saw someone what, can I, mess up. I'm sure they didn't do it on purpose, almost in every
0: case, and, right? And you were probably like freaking out at that, you know? Yeah. Right. Yes.
1: Yeah, like, oh, he should be mad. I'm going to lose my job. Oh, my gosh. And he comes in like, hey, so I didn't get to see my family. Uh, these were the wrong dates. Uh, is there anything we can do? And like, Note to self, don't be your neighbor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good lesson to, to learn early. And just for the yeah. audience's context, where, where you end up going to school? for
1: college uh wheaton college in chicago area
0: nice okay um and what what led you to the travel agency
1: oh i think there was literally like a list of jobs and uh and that was the next available one it wasn't it wasn't like a please hire me as a travel agent i was it was the top on the list i think and i and i stumbled in it yeah but that's funny i guess that's where i ended up (laughs) <laughs> years later I didn't make that connection until just now
0: <laughs> yeah you know it's uh, it's, it's it's funny when we do things without realizing and then it takes yeah. a path that yeah it's all the dots yeah, yeah. But, but, but you know from high school to college right it, it seems like there was this um, you just had this drive like you're gonna figure out it didn't yeah. really matter yeah. at what but you're gonna yeah. find an opportunity to seize the moment and then deliver and, and figure out a way forward, yeah?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I want to give, I don't see this as a whole video on patting me on the back. I think it was trying to find a way forward, right? It wasn't like I had this, in, this drive, this drive. It was like, how am I going to not be hungry, right? It was almost a, a a run away from negative, right? It was, maybe not, it wasn't a drive for, excellent as it was a I know what I don't want to experience anymore and then I think it has now manifested in the drive for excellence you know 20 years later but at the time it was more of a I don't want to you know I don't want to be hungry
0: yeah Yeah. well you know I think what would be a I mean interesting question is um if if you could go back, if you could tell your your forty uh, to your 40s yeah. that are you just? Someplace. I'm forty. I am forty three. Okay, yeah. Audience, he looks like he's like thirty six. Right <laughs> <Thanks>. uh, <laughs> if you could go back to your twenty year old self, I mean, yeah. one, what would you tell yourself then? Mm-hmm. Twenty years old, from what you know today about yourself, yeah, and perhaps maybe describe that twenty year old, like, yeah. But who was Rashid at 20 years old?
1: Man, um, I was a computer science major. Um, I'd stand up late writing code uh, for computer science class, and I loved every second of that. Um, And I was also a uh, mediocre athlete. (laughs) I I could make – I made the football team, but I barely got any minutes. Uh, Yeah. And I was the basketball manager, which is definitely not the most talented guy on the team. I was barely on the team. I just I just traveled with the athletes. Um, But, you know, um, what would I tell myself? I think it's that there's a balance that everything in life has a balance. Right. There was a point where I was I think I was trying too hard to 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 be the fun kid and have fun. And then there were points where um, I think I had kind of overdone the study in the in the library. And I think it was when it was a little bit later in the years or actually I should back up freshman. It was the study, study, study. I can't F this up. I don't want to lose the scholarship. And then I made the football team and I was like, oh, I got to be I got to hang out with these guys. I got to be the cool kid. I see that cool uh, wide receiver. Let me be like him. And then, and then finding that balance a little bit later, which was closer to my senior year, was something that um, you know I should have I should have did earlier. And then I think right after that, I, I think I then overdid the whole work late, work late, and I was missing out on friendships and 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 experiences. So I think you know finding that balance again, right? I, I, it was a pendulum switch, yeah. switch, and I what think yeah not
0: totally not to press you on this but I I, was it a struggle for balance or like a struggle for belonging and not really knew where you fit in
1: (laughs) you know what that's a great question I think there's some truth there right Uh, because my belonging um, yeah I wanted to belong on the football team I wanted to show the school that they didn't mess up by accepting me and and giving me a scholarship at first Um, and then yeah I wanted to I wasn't, I didn't fit in, in the computer science crowd. There were some nice guys and they were definitely nice to me, but I didn't really fit in there. Um, I didn't quite fit in on the football team because my mom didn't let me play football in high school. So I made the team for athleticism, but I didn't make it for my football know-how and actually I just, I didn't have it. So I think that's half the reason I didn't get a lot of playing time. Uh, but then, yeah, then afterwards uh, I got out and, um, I was trying to find myself as a young adult, right? Do I? Where do I belong? what What's the What's the crowd? The demographic I belong in, right? I'm a. Am I a yuppie? Am I? Am I a what? And so, just working hard to to not fail um, was was important for me. And and yeah, I think you 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 asked a really good question. It is it, a little bit yeah. of both.
0: Okay, let's let's just keep going on this note. It, so, yeah. it was a struggle for belonging. You're trying to fit in with the cool kids. You're trying to, um, you know, be with the smart kids and, and to, like, set right. yourself for a better future. So you're trying to do it all. Perhaps if it, it could be completely off, but maybe there's mm-hmm. this fear in the back of your head, like, how do I not end up with, you know, where I started? You know, I, like, I'm here to accelerate my path, but trying to be everything to everyone in a sense, too.
1: right. Right. Well, I, I'd say that uh, when I got out of college, I was one of the few uh, college graduates in my family. Right. And, and I think that came with a lot of just socioeconomic things that I'm just I, I'm not a historian enough to well or a soci- sociologist enough to know. But I do believe that there was a little bit of a. Uh, my family grew up in the 90s and the 80s was really tough for a lot of people, especially, um, as I'm learning now, kind of uh, inner city black people kind of had this struggle that, that set them in a, in a weird trajectory. And then my mom found an escape, got us to Syracuse and got me the, uh, out of that, that life. Um, so then me being kind of the first college graduate. I was the one person with a recurring income. So I made forty nine thousand at the time. I thought that was a ton of money. Until I sent some to my grandmother every month, my mom every month, my pay my bills in New York and uh, I, I had to have a roommate. I actually didn't make as much as I thought, but it was me, you know, splitting that money up a, a lot of different ways ended up making me realize, you know, what I do have to work a bit harder hmm. to earn more to, to survive, you know, or for yeah. my family to survive because it wasn't just about me, you know.
0: Yeah, and it's not something. I mean, oh, well, I say this out a privilege, right? It's not something you hear yeah. every day that you graduate, you worked hard, did a good job after school, and you have to start sending money home, yeah, support yeah. your family. I mean, so it gave you a, probably a really deep appreciation for work ethic, even more so.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it felt good to be able to send it, right? In a way, um, like, hey, mom needs it. I can do it. Um, you know, my mom had a lot of ups and downs, and there would be times where things to be well and then uh, rent fall behind and me being able to help her stay in her place. Right. That's a great feeling to be able to just be able to help um, on someone who's helped me so much. And then my, my grandmother, uh, you know, just being able to make sure that she can smile, right. Just to, when you can hear the smile on her, you can hear her smile, you know, yeah. and to hear that. Cause that was pre FaceTime. Um, that was, that was enough. You know, that was a great feeling.
0: Well, I mean, it feels good to give, you know, it feels, yeah. feels great, whether it's money or it's act of service or whatever it is. Right. It feels good to meet someone in a exactly. deep, deep way. Um, yeah. Good for you. I mean, whatever makes you a <laughs> responsible act at a young age. So um, Rashida, I, I want to, you know, I'm, I'm reading a book right now. It's called braving the wilderness and it's called the, the subtitle is like in quest for true belonging. And it's actually made me really shift like my whole view on what it means to belong and. My my question for you is when in your life did you start to like feel like you could really start standing fully in your own shoes mm-hmm. and perhaps have like the sense of like confidence and wholeness of like, this is who I am. And this this is, you know, I'm proud of that. that like, yeah. Confident in that person. You, you were like, what? when do you, do you have any moments that stand out to you?
1: You know, there is a moment, um, there's a friend of mine, his name is, uh, Philip, uh, just a great guy, Phil Edwards. Um, and, and he mentioned something to me about how he kind of admired me. And it was, I mean, I was like blown away. And so, so much so I thought he was joking, like admired me. I'm still figuring this out. And he started listening to a few things. And, uh, and I, I say this humbly, right. That this all this may not sound humble, but I really truly mean it. I was like, Oh, huh? I guess things are okay. Right. And I had like, I kept moving my own finish line, man. If I only made a hundred thousand, man, if I only had a home, Oh wow. People are real estate investors. Oh man. Maybe I need an investment property. Uh, only if, you know, I kept pushing my own finish line and I was never satisfied. And he kind of took a moment back and said, Hey man, you realize, uh, you know, and he said something about either he admired me or it was, a, it, I was admirable and um, I truly thought he was joking. But then when he said it, I was like, wow. And it, and it took me a moment to kind of say, you know what, I, I can stop this whole, like, moving my own finish line and and, and pause and take a breath. And, and what, what they say, stop and smell the roses a little bit.
0: Yeah. yeah. How old were you when, when that happened? Oh,
1: uh, man, I remember where we were sitting. So I think that was about 10 years ago, I guess, mid-30s. Um, yeah, and, and when he said that, uh, yeah, mid-30s, I think, I was like, oh, you know what? <laughs> and it didn't stop my drive, but it did stop my, like, it was like an obsession to a point that was almost not, it was almost unhealthy. And it, it let me wake up to say, all right, maybe chill on the obsession again. That balance. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, I mean, you had some pretty hard
0: subconscious like drivers, right, behind behind the work ethic.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. The, in fact, I got to tell this story, and this this is not a like feel sorry for me story, but I was trying to figure out how to start a business. So I was an employee, um, and and I what I saw as the next level was business ownership. So then I uh, I started a little. LLC with an EIN and I tried to apply for a small uh, small business administration thing. And it said, well, hey, do you have multiple clients and you earn X amount? I was like, no, it's just an EIN. <laughs> so then I went and I got a client, which was a company that contracted to um, Fannie Mae or whatever, but it wasn't enough to cover my bills. So I literally worked there after my day job, I literally would drive from my day job to this site that wanted me to work night shift and I would sleep <laughs> under the desk <laughs> because they they thought I was working night shift, but I was also working day shift and it was a, I literally had two 40 hour a week jobs, but that second one didn't make enough, but I thought, well, this will meet that SBA requirement. I'll be a real business. Um, and it actually turned out to work out great. Now that night job is a company I own that's, that's legit and, and real. Um, but, uh, it was a little excessive too, right? You know, like, is was that, it that really necessary? It worked out. So maybe it, it was, but, uh, it was a little much. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean,
0: good for you. I mean, you clearly followed something inside to push yourself to the extreme, but look, you know, where, where you are today. So yeah. Why, why don't we carry that uh, forward? I mean, what what did that night shift turn into, and and what the yeah. what you are doing today? And uh, I think it's a very beautiful and impressive <laughs> story.
1: So as as much as I am into hospitality, so I own a company called Great Dwellings, and we got a small hotel in Mexico, and um, 100 properties. We manage 100 properties across the U.S. I also own an IT company that does fairly well. We want. Um, Multi-million dollar contract that to sell to the federal government. And we have a couple, a, a bunch of small businesses. So it it manifested into that, right? That exact same LLC and EIN number that I was trying to make legit for the SBA uh, was a little gig that is now a, a company that helps me employ a few people. Um, that company is called NetAesthetics. Um, and then I got to back up uh, real quick. I read this, the book by Obama's wife, Michelle. I'm called right? Becoming, yeah. And early in the book, she said, one thing that bothered her is when her teachers or grownups would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? As if it was a singular thing. And literally until she said that, I was like, yeah, you always think of it as, well, little kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, I've been able to, to have a successful IT company and a successful hospitality company and some people are like well what are you going to put in your LinkedIn page and it's like both I mean it is what it is and I'm not really embarrassed you don't have to be one thing right um I'm no Bo Jackson but he was a great baseball player and a great football player right I'm no uh Deion Sanders but you know it's doable right and I think um kids need to learn that so I've been trying to teach my kids you can be more than one thing Hmm. Sorry, I know that was not the original question, but <laughs>
0: no, I mean, I, I think yeah. it's great, right? You, you you're, you're multifaceted. You're not, you're not just a. And your job is just not your only identity, too. Like who you mm-hmm. are, who you bring into your fatherhood, your marriage. Yeah, that's important. All, all the parts of you, right? And your job clearly is what is making it possible. But you know, I'm sure
1: you show up in the areas similarly man i love being a dad i love i mean that is exciting
0: tell me more um, about that your son looks adorable to tell us appreciate
1: it dad. um so man i've got four kids and one on the way um i've got a 23 year old um actually um conceived while i was in college um amazing kid he he lived in chicago man i actually look up to him uh, he he makes some really. He's he's more balanced than I am. Um, I've got thirteen year old twins. Uh, one is a great soccer player and got got invited to Barcelona to play in Barcelona. We went wow. and that went really well. Um, and uh, my daughter is the best artist in the world. Thirteen year old, they're, they're twins, and uh, I have a three year old who is in the other room. If this microphone is as good as that. It said on the box, you may not be able to hear him, <laughs> but uh, he has definitely called my name throughout this podcast. Um, amazing. Just a fun, fun three-year-old. And then my wife's pregnant, um, actually in the hospital at the moment, um, but they won't let kids in. So it's not like I'm like skirting my responsibilities as a husband. I spent all day with her and now I have to do daddy duty at home because oh. they won't um uh, they won't let him come visit her, which is a little sad because of COVID, you know.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, I, I yeah. not really wish you were there, but. Uh, yeah, I do.
1: I do. And I wish her, you know, she could get a hug from from the three-year-old because uh, yeah, he gives the best hugs. And, you know, <sighs> her sleeping there, I think she's on day five now. You know, I'm sure she could use more than just my hugs. <laughs> oh,
0: <that's- laughs> Oh, what a special time for you and your
1: family. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. We're, we're up in New York. Um, my, my wife has a job up here, a temporary assignment. So, you know, trying to luckily, you know, being an entrepreneur, I can kind of support her from wherever she is. So yeah. that's uh, that's what we're doing. It's nice flexibility for sure. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's great.
0: Well, I'm stoked for you. Stoked for your family and, uh, Appreciate it. Boy, boy or girl, do you, do you know yet? Girl
1: on the way, girl on the way. So that'll be, uh, with three boys, two girls.
0: Yeah.
1: Hmm. Wow. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, yeah. very cool. You know, you, you've built a couple of businesses, your family, you're doing things for yourself in a way that, that you never had, which is kind of what you started out with. I mean, what, when you think about legacy or you think about, you know, yeah. the, what you want to leave behind as a body of work to impact other people, what, what does that look like?
1: Man, what I want to leave behind is uh is mindset, right? Is is not necessarily assets per se. I definitely would love to have a couple pieces of you know revenue generating things for my kids to fall on, but I want them to have that mindset of I, I call this uh I built actually the the Mexico Hotel is called Duel, D-E-W-L, do everything with love. And it's that mindset that I want them to I want my daughter to, to draw with love. Right. Uh, I want her to uh, to pour her heart into that. I want my son, if he's going to stick with soccer, to do it with love, not just halfway and, and you know, eh, I'll practice that practice. I want him to do it with love. And, then you know, if he grows out of that, um, if, he, if he takes over one of my businesses to do it with love, if my daughter does, um so i want to teach the it's it's almost that drive you're talking about but less of a greed and more of a love right i i I, here's one thing i gotta back up and say i love that great dwellings we indirectly employ i think 38 people you know some are contractors some are employees uh some are vendors knowing that i can help 38 families You know put food on their table how cool is that man that that's it that's winning right there right that's winning knowing i mean it's a small business i know there's companies that do thirty eight thousand, but if i can do my part right and we do it with love like i literally uh i want to make sure each place is furnished and decorated with love um so I, i even tell my kids like we're putting together ikea furniture do it with love, right? Because you can see that bookshelf when it's not put together with love, you can tell, right? When, um, when you're cooking, you can taste when someone cooked with love, right? And when they, did they leave the room and they were also watching Netflix or were they really putting their heart into it? So that's the legacy I want to leave is do it with love. Uh, if you're going to build a business that has surplus revenue, can, can it also do good? And not do good for the sake of branding, Right. Oh, I want everyone to buy my stuff because I say I also give the charity because actually Great Dwellings has uh, has given the charity and it's written nowhere on our website. And that it's not because it's actually because I just don't want to flaunt it. Right. Um, And it might end up on there, but that's not that's not why we do it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's the legacy. Do what you do. Whatever you do, do it with love. Um, That's what I want. And, And I think it'll turn out great almost. Right. There's hardly. I can't even think of an example of, if you don't, if you do it with love, either you're just going to enjoy doing it. Let's say it didn't end up being big, but you came away feeling fulfilled doing it. And then more times than not, it actually will manifest to something successful because I don't know, I, sorry, I, I, I'm not a uh, spiritual enough, but I'm sure there's some <laughs> supernatural thing that's happening when you do something with love that, uh, the, the completeness of it embraces that love you know
0: yeah well when you, i mean you have to bring your whole self to the table when you yeah show, and but that's beautiful like i'm envisioning like 20 years down the road like a book called Google. <laughs> right right <laughs> like, like it's yeah. inspiring and it's um it's also you know sublim- subliminally thinking about when you don't do something with love it's it's kind of a guardrail it's kind of a sign that like Yeah. You're not doing something aligned to your core. So usually those are things you really can't show up with love with in the capacity. So it's, it's it's like a very simple way of checking in with yourself, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, going to the lack of spiritual vocabulary for this, but, um, I dabbled in, in digital design or I used to a lot when I was building that, the, the it business and there would be times where hours would pass away where I would just kind of make something and I'm loving it. And, you know, I got my favorite tunes playing and you're just so in the zone that you can't, nothing else matters. You know, almost like Michael Jordan, when he's playing, you could tell he was in the zone. Um, that zone, I believe is a version of the love, right? I'm mm-hmm. I'm literally nudging one pixel over because it doesn't feel just quite right yet. Um, and then I feel like it you can kind of step back, right? Like an artist when they're done, when they've done that last little droplet because um, they did it with love, you know? I think that's bold. I think it's powerful. I mean, yeah. it
0: should be a family motto. Love it. Yeah. I, mean, I might have to take that for myself. <laughs> hey, give try it.
1: You, you have it. It's give not copyrighted. If you have any
0: artwork for me, send it over.
1: <laughs> All oh, right, Designer,
0: Put something together and send it to you. So.
1: I like it. I like it. Yeah, let's just make it a thing. Do it with love. Do everything with love. Like, literally, I even tell my wife, I was teaching her how to drive. She learned how to drive while we were uh, dating. And I was like, this is a community thing. We're all on this road together. We all have a shared goal of getting to our own destination. So if someone swerves over two lanes, you know what? Hey, you probably missed your turn. I don't think you were being a a-hole. You were just like, maybe a little self-absorbed in the fact that you heard your ways direction a little too late, but do it. Love, you know, let's drive. Let's, let's, let, let's, let uh, let's use, let's get to our destination. We're all trying to get to our destination, right? It's not a, it's not just me. We we can all win.
0: Absolutely. No, yeah. it's, that's beautiful. I love it. I, <laughs> uh, there's such beautiful simplicity to to that statement. I mean, Rashid,
1: this has been amazing.
0: I mean, let, let's go. Let's let's go home with a couple more questions. Maybe let's go rapid
1: fire. Uh, okay, like, let's try. I'm not good fire. at that, but I'll try.
0: <laughs> All right, great. Um, favorite book and why?
1: Oh, favorite book and why? Uh, Four Hour we just kind of taught me a new mentality on on working. If you
0: could cook a meal for your wife and do it with love, what would it be?
1: Ooh. Uh, Man, yesterday I made this amazing ravioli with uh, oh. red sauce and and parmesan. It came out so good, and I grilled it a little oh. bit, so it was sauteed. It was awesome.
0: Nice. Okay, to uh, travel anywhere in the world and spend a week there, fully immersed in the place.
1: Man, uh, I, I have visions of the Seychelles, or where it's just kind of um, it's tropical. It's you know, there's a little there's little technology, just more, just embrace yourself in the, in the water in the trees, in the, and the trees and the, and and kind of get away from everything. Um, less tall buildings, less fast cars. That sounds like a, a, a destination for me.
0: Well, that all right. Last one.
1: <laughs> oh, your one wish for your newborn coming into the world, man, that she could do something that her destiny, she finds her destiny that she does. She's able to do it with love, right? Whatever it is. If it's philanthropy, if it's art, if it's she's a soccer player, that she feels that joy when she does what she does, man. She's won, I won, everyone, everyone wins. Love it.
0: Yeah. Well, Richard, this has been a blast. I so appreciate you showing up, bringing yourself to the table. Um, this was just <laughs> a great way to end a Friday. Um Love where party. where where can people find you and reach out? I mean, we'll tag you in all the places, give you all the links, but
1: someone wanted to um yeah, know, I think. I think the easiest place is LinkedIn, um, Rashid Scarlett. I think it also pops up under Carl Scarlett. My middle name's Carl. I go by both, K-A-R-L. Uh, LinkedIn's probably the easiest way. I dabble on the other social media, but sometimes I'm off for weeks at a time. So yeah, um, I think that'll work. Great. Well, thanks so much.
0: Really appreciate you being here. Hope you have a great weekend.
1: Likewise, you too. Thanks, man.
0: If you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, I hope you leave a review on the platform of your choice and share it with a friend who you think would find it valuable. If you'd like to receive a written newsletter and thought leadership, head on over to bwmissions.com newsletter and subscribe. See you on the next show.